You're listening to The Great Coaches Podcast. Hi everyone, Paul here, and just a quick message from me to let you know that if you are looking to improve the performance of your team, no matter whether it is a work, sporting, or community one, then we've developed some tools to help. On the website, you will find our Thriving Teams Diagnostic, which uses insights from the more than 200 great coaches we have interviewed to challenge you with a series of questions to help you understand how your team is performing. It's free and only takes a few minutes to complete. If you'd like to know more, you can check out our website, thegreatcoachespodcast.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Lessons from the Great Coaches podcast. I've learned that you don't do it alone. You learn so many different things from so many different coaches. That's an elite learning environment. Failure is not a problem. How you deal with it is a problem. How to be resilient. How important it is to infuse joy in the process of learning. To be a good coach, you've got to give more than you take. What an interesting life it is to be a leader. My name is Paul Barnett, and you are listening to The Great Coaches Podcast, where we explore leadership through the lens of high-performance sport by interviewing great coaches from around the world to try and find ideas to help all of us be better leaders. We started this podcast because we wanted to have better conversations with our families around the dinner table. In a social media world, where the goal is often to be the star of the show, we wanted to change the conversation and talk more about selflessness, leadership and responsibility. And the people we knew who best exhibited these qualities were great sports coaches. As the podcast has grown, the great coaches we have interviewed have shared so much insight and wisdom that we decided to create episodes dedicated entirely to the lessons that have resonated with us the most. Today's episode is on the topic of care, and it features audio quotes from a wide selection of people that we have interviewed from around the world. The Lessons from the Great Coaches Podcast Theodore Roosevelt was the 26th President of the United States. He became President at the age of 42, after his predecessor, William McKinley, was assassinated. He was a progressive, championed the square deal for the mass population, prioritised conservation, and was awarded the 1906 Nobel Peace Prize for brokering the end of the Russian-Japanese War. His face is also one of those you see on Mount Rushmore. He is also credited with the saying, Nobody cares how much you know, until they know how much you care. 
and this is one of the most often quoted leadership philosophies by the great coaches we have interviewed. The power of care as a leadership focus is actually the number one thing that I have learned through these interviews. And as I have tried to focus on it more in my approach to leadership, I am convinced that Teddy Roosevelt was right. People's willingness to connect with what you have to say is linked to the depth of the emotional connection you have with them, not your title, resume or perceived charisma. Here is the Australian cricket coach Justin Langer explaining why he thinks caring is the most important element of leadership. One thing I've learned about coaching and and sometimes with public persona, I guess, is in my case, come across as the tough opening batter and the martial artist and the boxer and and the tough guy, right? But what I've learned actually is that the most powerful form of leadership is showing people love and showing them care and knowing you've got their back. They're very powerful words. You've got their back. And I've said this at the end of my coaching career, not only do I hope to be um, still considering myself as a novice coach, but I judge my performance on not necessarily how much silverware I win, but, but how many weddings and christenings I get invited to from my players. And people think that might sound a bit strange, but what it means is I've had an impact not only on their cricket, but on their lives. The need for a leadership style that emphasises care is also something that is appreciated by people in the team. This was something that three-time premiership coach David Parkin talked to us about. David is also an academic and uncovered this insight while writing his book, What Makes Teams Work. When I first left school, and at that time, and probably for most people in most places, the autocratic leader who put pretty heavy demands on people to produce by no other way but putting expectations on you and measures that you had to meet and and outcomes that you had to produce. It was fascinating to me. We interviewed them and asked them what they thought was important and then asked permission to interview the people they were leading. I don't know that that came out in the book. You'd be surprised, Paul, how many a number of so-called great leaders in this country. I think we interviewed 13. Now, what came out clearly to me, and it's the same theme and probably I adopted it, was, yes, we want to be assisted and directed. We want to be, we want you to be, for us, open to suggestion, but we want you to be interested in us beyond our capacity to produce whatever goods or services that we're producing. We want you to care about us as people. And that really ignited my interest along with the sports psychologist in developing that kind of approach. And it underpinned for me that what we were doing, whether we could outwardly see it or not, was important to the players. Care is such a powerful leadership force because the reality is that you coach the person first before you engage with them in their capacity to perform as an athlete or an employee. Here is field hockey coach Alison Annan reflecting on the process she went through to understand this distinction. I guess because they are people first and they're players second, you know, they were born a person and they became a player. And I know if I look back at my career, if I had spent more time learning about who I was and if I knew back then what I knew today, I would have been a better player. 
So if I was a better person or I knew how to communicate better back, you know, when I was playing or I knew how to deal with certain situations, I would have been a much better player. And that's all about coaching the person. And the player has to let you coach the person because that's also something that a player may not want to be coached as a person but as a player. And that's the struggle that you have as a coach that some players just want to come in and be coached as a player and I'm not that coach. I am a coach who is interested in players, is interested in their development as a person because I truly believe that if they know who they are, if they are confronted, if they are challenged, then they will always be a better player. And that's not just challenging them to do new things on the hockey field. It's challenging them to do a lot of things outside of the hockey field that will help them deal with situations on the hockey field, become more mature. While your title might be head coach or CEO, the reality is that your role as the leader of that person or group will change depending on what the moment requires of you. As Mirel Radoy, the coach of the Romanian soccer team, explains, sometimes you will be a teacher, a friend, a parent, or a mentor. And being comfortable in playing these different roles will ultimately influence your performance as a leader. First, when our players, they come to training, we have to discuss with them, how was your day? So you'll not be only coach. You'll be his teacher, his friend, his father, his mentor sometimes. So we have to speak with them about every problem that they can face. For this reason, not that I help myself. I help players. And in the end, you will help your performance as a coach and as a team. Because the players, they see that, oh, the coach cares about me, what I do today in the school, what I do with my parents, with my girlfriend, whatever. And this was, and I think even now, this is, one of my big advantage that I go with the players and I try to help them every day. Even if they are leaving from the national team, I call them. How it's your day? What you do in the end of the week? Be careful. I saw that you run a lot in, during of the game. Don't spend your time in the nightclub. Go at home. Take care. I know that I'm not his coach in the club, but I have to take care because later he will be with me in the national team and he has to understand that I trust him and he can trust me. A key first step in developing a relationship that is based on care is to meet the individual where they are in that moment, not to start with your agenda. We have heard this multiple times in our interviews, and here is basketball coach Michelle Clark Heard explaining how she tries to achieve this while balancing the expectations she has for the individual and the team. I think one of my biggest things that I've learned as I grown as a head coach is meeting them where they're at still having expectations but understanding knowing that my job and the staff's job is to help teach them and get them to where we're trying to go and I think sometimes that is it's difficult at times because I've been very successful as a head coach and so you sometimes have to make sure you're being very careful and not putting them in the position of where you think you were or because everything things totally different. And I think that's something that I really can say that I really try to focus a lot on is really taking a look in the mirror after every day, even if it's after a practice where we don't do well, if it's after a game where we haven't performed at the level. Before I go back to them and before I talk with them, I always come with them about what I could have done better. 
Swedish cross-country ski coach Rickard Grip builds on these ideas of meeting people where they are by moderating his behavioural response to what the athlete needs at that moment. So see all people try to handle everyone equal, but that could be quite tricky. And what I mean with that is that you need to, if you try to handle everyone at the same equal, then it means you not should do it equal because then it's not equal. I have an example that Johan Olsson, he was 32, 33 years, actually one more year older than me. At the same time, I had Stina Nilsson. She was 19. She was still in the school and he had two kids and a wife. And if I should handle these two athletes equal, then I have to handle and be one kind of person to Juan and one other to Stina. So for me, it's really important that we meet the athletes where they are. And also sometimes you have athletes that are crying. So you just need to give them a hug. Sometimes you really need to stand up and just show them whether you're fully armed that this is their way and this is how we do it right now. So it's really important to feel the situation and after that try to meet the, the person where they are standing right now. That's for me actually the most important thing. It is at the moment of meeting the athlete where they are where I believe the art of being a great coach comes in. Because in that moment, you have to make sure that you don't let your own ego get in the way. And as basketball coach Pokey Chapman explained to us, this is a skill that takes time to learn. And what I figured out is that you can't treat every situation the same. I think sometimes I go from college to Europe to the pros. And when I tell you the sport is the only thing that's the same (laughs) and to be open to that and don't look at it as don't let your ego get in the way of morphing to what the moment needs. Like sometimes our ego will get in the way. I don't have this problem. (laughs) Maybe I did at an earlier age, but I try to meet people at their point of need, which is also helping me. Just having the, the strength and courage to do that, I think says a lot about what's going to take place next. Once you are able to make the connection with the people in your team, the relationship moves to a level where you are able to understand the barriers that might be holding the person back from reaching their potential. Here is Australian rules football coach Peter Searle explaining this. I think when you can understand the person, you can then work towards a common goal and you can bring them along the journey and you can, I guess, make it, well, it's their journey, it's their goal, it's their team. It's not mine. I'm just the person driving the bus, so to speak. And you can confuse that by having people say, oh, if you have a really good relationship with your players or you really got to spend time with them, getting to know them and heaps of coffee, etc., or whatever. I don't drink coffee, so that's never the case. But it doesn't have to be deep like that. It can be, but it doesn't have to be. It can be just having a good idea of what they bring into the club, what the players bring with them in terms of what they've had to live with in their life, challenges. What are the barriers around them that's stopping them from succeeding is about understanding and knowing your players. And then what do you need to do as a coach to help remove those barriers that enables them then to reach the potential that they need to go? Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. World Cup winning cricket coach Mark Robinson builds on the ideas from Peter by explaining that understanding what makes people tick means that you have to listen to their stories and try to discern their values and how this shapes their approach to leadership and performance. I think all good coaches are trying to find out and, and understand their players the best you can, which goes back to that line, you're trying to understand what makes them tick. And it's actually fascinating when you sit down and start listening to somebody's story, you can actually see how their values are shaped and how their leadership is shaped in the same way mine was. Talk about my experience at Yorkshire as a kid. That shaped me as a coach, my experiences with my eyes and that feeling of being inadequate and being in environments that ridiculed, not ridiculed my eyes, but my men's environments at the worst can be really cutting and not helpful. You know, the banter can be harsh. You really are sinking and swimming. And in some ways, yes, if you come through it, you're toughened up. But it shouldn't be like that. Again, that how I want to shape an environment, it's got to be challenging, but it's got to be supportive. Part of understanding athletes at a deeper level can mean meeting their families. This can be a powerful way of illustrating the depth of your commitment to ensure that the environment, while being rigorous and demanding, will still be underpinned by a care for the person beyond their ability to just perform. Rugby coach Sir Gordon Titchens explains how he went about this with two brothers that he coached. So the very first thing I did was go and meet his mum and dad at the Olympic Cafe in Auckland. And I spent an hour with them to find out about Rico, to find out about Akira. And you've got two brothers that are chalk and cheese. One that's hugely motivated in Rico. And Akira, which uh, I suppose Rico had to get Akira out of bed to go to training as youngsters. So one pushed himself a lot harder than the other one. So after I had a meeting with them, and the pluses I saw was, I actually cared about Sandra and Eddie's children, Rico and Akira. Here's two boys that were going to come away to tournaments on the World Series. Rico just leaving school, Akira just out of school one or two years in the professional era. Because I cared about them, that meeting that I had an hour with them in Auckland was about building trust and knowing that I would look after those boys when they're in my sevens environment. Amazing, really. And I believed those boys knew I had the meeting with their mum and dad because I built that relationship. And I built that trust, therefore I'm going to get the best out of those two boys. When you have established a relationship that is based on care, you are also able to ask more of your team to push them harder or raise the expectations. Here is rugby coach Alana Thomas explaining how she has leveraged this sense of care in challenging her teams. So I think getting to know the players and understanding what motivates them and showing that you truly care about them then allows you to 
be able to ask them when you put them on the field to go that extra mile or to put themselves in harm's way for the betterment of the team. They're willing to do it because they know you care and they know that they belong to family. They belong to a group of people that are willing to have each other's backs. And I think that's just so powerful, not just in sport, but in life when you're so committed and you have connection with people. It's a bond that you can't break and something that allows you to take things to another level, whether it be on the field or whether it be in business and making decisions around investing or trying something new, that connection and knowing that everyone's on the same page is just so powerful. The type of care necessary to unlock the potential and energy in a high-performing team is tiring. When you combine it with the hard conversations needed to maintain a thriving culture, It is no wonder that many head coaches talk about how difficult the job can be. So being proactive and dealing with this in a way that helps you recover and maintain your energy is a critical part of the role. Here is Australian Rules football coach Paul Ruse explaining how he deals with this. I say this all the time because people ask me a lot, you know, are you going to coach again? It's like having 44 kids. It's exhausting. You know, there's 40, for those who don't know, there's 44 players on the list. You've effectively got 44, when I say children, they're not like little children, but they're like your kids. They're like, you've got to care for each and every single one of those 44. You talk about fatigue, absolutely. Um, And that's why you have assistant coaches and that's why, you know, the difference between uh, corporate and football is we really lean on each other. You know, if you want to call our, our coaches, assistant coaches, the executive team, we work really closely together and we work as a team. And when the fatigue comes, it might be, you know, look, Benny Matthews, can you go and talk to Jack Viney, mate? I spoke to him yesterday and we lean on each other. We're, it's not up to the, to the coach or the CEO all the time to be the, the backside kicker or the well done, well done, well done. If you've got an executive team, use them. Don't just call them a team by, by name, use them. So the fatigue is definitely offset by the group of people you've got around you. It's offset because we put leadership groups together within the playing group because every single player, every single person in your organisation thinks they're the most important person in that organisation. And they should because they've got to get the best out of themselves. So for the GMs and the sales managers and the CEOs, they've got to think like that, that those five, ten, hundred people are really, really important. So it is exhausting. Use the resources. Use the people around you. And when you are tired, take a break. One of, the, one of the best things I heard is your own health will determine the health of your business. Never a true word spoken at the moment in, the, in what the world is going through. If, if you can't look after yourself, how on earth can you look after your staff? It's impossible. And I, I, I see too many leaders turn up tired, out of shape, not eating well, not exercising, not looking after their mindfulness, their, you know, their, their yoga, their meditation or breathing or whatever and it becomes even more exhausting for them because they just can't cope with it great coaches the ones that really impact us as people are the ones that are able to create feelings within us that propel us to action and these feelings are ignited through a sense of care here is the iconic australian rules football coach neil craig explaining this connection if you ask any player uh, about a coach that you remember for a good reason, that's one of your best coaches, they'll better come up with a name like that. 
And if I ask them about a coach that they remember, you know, that was one of their really poor coaches, they'll better come up with a name. And, every, and when you ask them why, it'll be about the way they made them feel. Every time. It's about emotion. So your capacity to know people, to help people, and the bottom line is to care about people, okay? So the care factor is huge. Because if I know you care about me, I'll, I'll start to build some trust with you. Now, that doesn't mean you can't have a tough conversation with me. It, can't, it doesn't mean that you won't dismiss me from my role. But if I, know, if I trust that you care about me, I'll go a long way to do you know, the best I can possibly do in, in the role situation. So this care factor is really important. Hugh McCutcheon is an Olympic gold medal winning volleyball coach and he sums up perfectly the power of sport to help you learn and why as a coach your role can be so fulfilling when it comes to helping young people evolve. Because sport, one of the great things about sport is you can learn life lessons in sport without incurring the same kind of collateral damage you might get if you screw up in life. So I think that holistic approach to development is really important in my current role. Now I get it when you're in the Olympic space, it's four years to be good for two weeks to hope to be good for the last two hours. And it's a lot about winning and getting on the podium and hardware and all that stuff. I get that. But like I said, we're the college volleyball team. So we care about these people, not just as competitive commodities. They're not just athletes. They're young, growing, evolving entities that we need to help shape and develop so that when they leave us, they're ready for whatever the next chapter is. Hi, everyone. It's Mike here. We hope you enjoyed our episode on caring and found one or two things that you can bring to your own dinner table, locker room, or boardroom table for discussion. The key lessons I have taken from our interview guests on the topic of caring are using care for the person beyond their ability to perform as an athlete or an employee will help you be a better leader. Bringing care into your leadership style means that there will be times when you have to be more than just a coach. At times you'll need to be a friend, a teacher, or even a mentor. Your ability to navigate these different roles will influence your performance as a coach. If you want to bring more care into your relationships, a first step is to start by meeting the other person where they are, not with your own agenda. This will help you understand the barriers that might be holding the person back. The benefit of a deeper sense of care for your team is that it will allow you to ask more of them. Building relationships based on care can be exhaustive as a leader, so it's important to ensure you have routines around how you recover and maintain your energy. And finally, building relationships based on care can be exhaustive as a leader, so it's important to ensure you have routines that help you recover and maintain your energy. Here at the Great Coaches Podcast, we're always trying to reflect and learn, so please let us know if you have any feedback. Just like Kaylin Alibokas, who said, I have been following and listening to these podcasts for some while now, and I'm very impressed with the format, content, and the speaker quality. The lessons that you can learn from this podcast are not just for sports coaches, but some of these lessons are applicable to a business environment too. Thanks, Kaylin. The interaction with people around the world who listen gives us great energy. And so if you have any feedback or comments, please let us know. And all the details on how to connect with us are in the show notes or on our website 
thegreatcoachespodcast.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 